Hey, 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 world, it's me, Tamara Brown. Who am I? I am an author, blogger, website designer, as well as a publishing consultant and the host of Blah Diaries, Broke, Lonely, Angry, and Horny, turning your mess into a masterpiece. So guys, it is the 30th, and I didn't even realize tomorrow was the first. Crazy, right? But anyway, October is special right to me and um it, it's special in, in so many ways um one of the things that i get to talk about is the fact that my book is being released it's all about next month um breast cancer awareness um breast cancer survivor i was diagnosed at 33 at stage one um i'm patting my head guys because i got this um weaving and i'm telling you it, it just the crap out of my scalp so i'm ashamed to tell y'all that so if y'all hear some patent sorry but anyway um breast cancer awareness month women especially um women are being diagnosed at a rapid rate especially here in buffalo but all over and for african-american women and women of brown color they are coming into the hospital at stage four not at stage one not at stage two, not at stage three, but stage four. And they are dying from this. African-American women are more likely to die from breast cancer. And so because we are not proactive about our health and I know all about that. So um, one of my goals is to tell you about organizations and communities, um, projects that are available for us and for women in general, um, and not just Susan G. Coleman, which I love, not just the American Cancer Society, but there's local um, companies and agencies that are in your community. And I'm going to be spotlighting different ones, not only from Buffalo, but from also all over. I am going to be talking about how you can't, you don't have to do this alone. You don't like real talk when we're dealing with breast cancer. We think that we have to deal with it alone on cancer in general, that we have to deal with it alone and we don't have to. That's just um, our thinking because it's scary. Cancer is scary. Cancer is um, it, it, it's, it means death to a lot of people. But there's so many times there's so many things that we can do. And I'm not going to talk about prevention. Because the reality is prevention is just getting your, your checkup and your mammograms and knowing. But when you're in the know of cancer, because prevention is prevention, but when you're in the know of cancer, when you're in the, oh, oh my God, I have it. Oh my God, my doctor just diagnosed me with breast cancer, uh, cervical cancer, or whatever type of cancer it is. That's when we need to get into action mode. Because... As much as we want to prevent it, and we definitely need to do in preventative measures and be educated and, and get screened, we, we now have to deal with the now of it because cancer, once it's there, it's there. And you gotta now you have to take care of yourself differently. You have to think differently. You have to move differently because it affects you. It affects your family. It affects, it, like, everything is a domino effect. So... I'm going to be talking about that this week on Blah Diaries, but today is Inspirational Sunday, and so I want to talk about um, leadership. So I was, I, I, a couple of things about leadership. I went to an event um, 
that was in Toledo, Ohio yesterday. And it was so beautiful to see women um, serving each other. So there was a whole bunch of leaders in the room. Every woman in that room was a leader. And it was called Ready, Set, Aim um, by a young lady named Tiana. And, and it was her organization. And it was Ready, Set, Aim. It was beautiful. The decorations were beautiful. It was just a beautiful time to see people leading and serving by giving their information. They were serving. So I was thinking about when I decided I wanted to become a leader. Um, the first thing that one of my mentors said to me is, you are a servant. And I talked about this on Facebook Live, but I felt like this is so needed on my podcast, so needed. Um, you are a servant of people. Because leaders, we see the glamorous life of being the boss or the, the, the glamorous life of, you know, leaders usually have the nice things, they have the nice cars. But then I, I went back to biblical times and I, and I thought about all those different people who served us but didn't have much, right? They didn't have the nice cars. They didn't have the fancy homes. Mother Teresa, um, Mahatma Gandhi, um, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Um, they didn't have the lavish lifestyle of being a leader. They just simply served. Uh, our, our modern day leaders, Colin Kimpatrick, who is a, a leader because he serves. So serving as a leader, we are servants. And it's not the other way around. We're serving the people that we love, the people that we care about, uh, our communities and, our, and, and what is around us. And sometimes as leaders, we get it twisted because we want the spotlight and the glamour. And as an author, I realized um, the other day when I was working on Blah Diaries um, that I had to let this book serve people and not serve me. I was sharing a story and that, that story was to celebrate on folk and to, not, and to tell the story from a point of every aspect of broke, lonely, angry, and horny because I wanted to show where here is this doctor who is amazing, is an amazing man, but at one point he had to make a choice of whether to serve his purpose, which was to end his career as a doctor and commit suicide or answer the call. And I'm not talking in a religious sense, but answer the call to serve someone. And that opens up the story. And then to see that he had he had all of these things on his plate, all of these bad things going on in his life. Um, he felt some sense of regret. Um, how many times have we said, I just don't want to do it because I don't feel like it because I got a whole pile of ish on my plate. My life at this moment is not going right. So how in the hell can I serve somebody when my life is really topsy-turvy, right? Sometimes helping others heals us. So as a leader, sometimes you have to put your sadness and your grief aside or work through it by helping others. This is just the way I feel like we can become better people. That's, that's one of the lessons I learned. The second lesson that I learned about leadership is it's not all about you, boo. Right? Seriously. 
sometimes when I'm talking with different people, they tell me all of their dreams and and I believe them. And then I say, let's execute that dream. Let's let me help you. And then I hear the me, me, me. Well, this is going to get me off. This is going to get me out the hood. I've been the person to say that. But then once I realized the purpose of writing books was to, for me, is to encourage, entertain. I'm an entertainer by writing. That's how I entertain. That is how I became an entertainer. That's how you become who you are. Um, I decided to entertain by writing. I decided to inspire by writing and empower by writing. See, everybody has a position as a leader. Everybody has the, the, the potential to become a leader, right? It just, you, you can't take that away from nobody. When it's destined for you to be a leader, and sometimes the smallest clicks, the smallest leader can have a powerful impact. It doesn't matter if they're just leading from their community or they're leading from their bedroom by talking on podcasts. And we see it every day. We see it. People who command, naturally command man attention. And can lead you to do the things that you need to do to better your life. That's really what a servant is. Is that, hey, let me, allow me to lead you, to direct you to your greater and higher power of success. Number four um, is about dreams. That just because dreams have potholes. And then I, so I want to be, I want to be an actress. I want to be an actress. I want to be all over the place. But there's some potholes in that dream. You don't have the training to be an actress. You've never acted a day in your life. You don't even know how to do a monologue. doesn't mean that your dream isn't going to come to fruition. It just means that in the process of dreaming that, you got to work it. you got to learn the craft. you got to learn the skills. you got to work out the kinks. Just because your dream has potholes, and as a leader... If you someone comes, you don't just go and say, girl, you ain't going to never make that dream happen. You ain't got no training. You ain't got this. Let me guide you to say, listen, you need to. These are the steps that you have to do to make your dream as an actress come true. You're going to have to put some sweat in that. You're going to have to you're going to have to get rejected because I believe that most actresses, writers, authors, whatever it is you're doing in your career is because we've learned from our rejection. We have learned from the times that people have told us no. So when you learn from rejection, you grow, right? It's simple as that. When you learn from rejection, you grow, period. Someone um, called me this morning, asked, offering me an opportunity to do a job. And the first thing I thought they said to me was, I just like the way that you genuinely support others. And I think that sometimes when we are posting about other people, we want the accolade and the award. And I was saying on my Facebook Live that I've done so many projects and things for people without ever mentioning it. I don't need to brag or um, boast or gloat to tell people that I've done something amazing. It's, it's, it's the biggest thing that we, we disrupt our lives by saying, girl, look at me. Look at what she has done. It's just not realistic. It's not realistic to um, 
think that you're going to, you need to boast about everything that you do, which is why I don't. Um, but you do have to brand. I'm learning that. My friend Mecca said, I'm going to kick your butt because you didn't put your information down. But she wound up sharing my information. See what I'm saying? See, when you serve other people, people will eventually serve you. Right? And it doesn't matter who it comes from. Maybe you served, you know, Joe Smo, and then they went and put some dirt on your name. Doesn't matter. Because sometimes bigger and better people come and they serve you. They say, girl, I saw an opportunity and I know that you fit perfectly in this opportunity. Let me pass that opportunity on to you. Period. We got to get out of the angle of thinking that it's all about us. It's not. It's not. At the end of the day, our job and our purpose on this earth is to give somebody something that we can't never, we could, they could never possibly see in themselves. Sometimes we have to be the eyes for other people. Sometimes we have to be the ears for other people. Sometimes we even have to be the mouth of other people. And I'm not saying it's always the right way or the wrong way to do it, but it is. Sometimes people can't speak for themselves. So sometimes maybe you see something that's wrong and you speak up for them. Maybe you're the eyes for somebody because they can't see what you see. And sometimes you got to show them, look, if you look right there in your dream, yeah, there's a pothole in that dream. I'm not going to sit here in front. But I think that you can go ahead and take that pothole and we can patch that pothole up and we can put some little concrete and we can seal it with that black top stuff. And guess what? Your dream is going to come. It's going to come alive. Now we fulfilled we filled that pothole. So your dreams are not, just because they have that happening, does not mean it's not going to come alive. And we got to stop letting potholes and letting our head get so big because we got one success. I, I watched um, Rihanna and I watched how she, um, she's a servant and she's a leader. Um, as much as people may not like Cat Williams and much as people may not like Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart may do it in different ways. When you become successful as far as making money and, and, and having a nice house, the cars and the success and your name is all over the place. What do you do with that success? You share the wealth. Not because you want a tax break. Not because you don't want the I, the R, the S, and people taking your money and you want some kickback and you want these accolades and awards because those come the moment you make somebody smile. The moment you give somebody an opportunity that they thought that they would never have. You open the door. So that's your big, that's your accolade. Um, but you open the door for somebody and these gentlemen have opened the door, maybe not the way Kevin Hart has opened the door. And so these comedians are going at each other. Um, Cat Williams is going at Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart went at him and, and Tiffany Haddish and all of these people were in the middle of this mix. And it was the real, and then I said, I found out who the real leader was. And it was the, the, com the comedian Reg who said, who came on, went on YouTube, and got really serious. And he said, he started bigging up people. And he was just saying the drama was not necessary. And he was being so real and so authentic. 
I said, well, that's the real leader of the crew. Kevin Hart is a leader in his right, in, in his own right, and so is Cat Williams in the game of being a comedian. And everything that Cat Williams said about being, bringing up and upcoming authors, I meant not authors, but comedians up, and Kevin Hart saying, I've opened doors and did this and given other people. You don't have to shine, but um, you don't need to shine by sharing your bling. Right, you don't have let somebody. I believe, and I and this is just let somebody else toot your own horn. That's been my. I, I believe that's probably why I need to get a little bit bigger because I I don't get it. Like I don't need to toot my own horn. I know what I've done in this business, being an author and and all of that. And I'm not rich by far. I promise you, I'm not rich by far. I I can't even tell you that there's days that I was on the corner of ramen noodles and um. And, and serve sandwiches so I know that but what I do know is that serving as a leader you have to honor your customers and your clients and your listeners and your readers and your um, people who are watching your movies actors lose their fame the moment they become assholes musicians lose their fame the minute they become assholes to the people who are buying their products and services. If you, and I get it, it's so many people coming at you, but don't disrespect the people who are purchasing and, and building your career. Because in, in reality, once the listeners and the readers and all those people stop, you get absolutely nothing. You, you lose money. Because what happens is, is sometimes we get so big-headed, and I've seen it, like, People get so big-headed, they forget that I don't have to see you. It's not a requirement that I buy your music. requirement that I go see your movie. It's not a requirement that I go to your, your comedy show or buy your book or buy your products and services. What happens is, is that we've got a million people buying our services, products, and books, and, and all that good stuff, and we forget that as easy as you've gotten it, it can be taken away. Because every day that you lose somebody, your numbers go down. That one may not affect you, but that 5,000 will. Because see, word of mouth travels. How you treat people. So guys, I want to encourage you today. to Just really just think about how you want to serve people. How you want to, in this business world. And I broke lonely, angry, and horny. Sometimes even though we're not feeling our best, be somebody's light today. Be somebody's eyes today. Be somebody's ears today. Be somebody's mouth today. When they're speaking negative stuff about them, you use your mouth to say something positive about them. Show them that even though your dreams have potholes and issues and, and you got some issues in your life, that you're not stuck there, that I have permission to show you, listen, it's bigger than this. In in the process of you seeing um, all of these things, you need to be the leader and be a servant and, and heal and hug and, and sometimes saying the right words, listening for that person. And then sometimes being a leader also is keeping it real and saying, listen, I get it, but I need to encourage you that this is bigger than that. And, and it's not guaranteed that the people who are, that are, you're telling this to will listen real talk they may not just listen they might just say girl get the hell out of here i don't know what you're talking about why are you talking to me i'm the boss 
that's fine. But you've done your job. Be a leader. You understand what I'm saying? Be a leader. Be a leader. And serve people. And you don't have to be rich and famous and, and do all those things. That is what leadership is. When these people who are leading and because their name is big and they forget their smaller flock. When they only had two people. And they don't pass it on. Eventually it will come apart. So guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to me today. Blah Diaries, Broke, Lonely, Angry, and Horny. The novel, The Side Effects of His Secrets will be out October 13th. Um, and that's the day I'm going to launch because I'm going to actually be at the Buffalo Public Library on the 13th for Indie Author Day. I thought it was a great day to release my book um, because it celebrates what I am. I'm an indie author. I am doing this solo dolo with some help of other people. But I am solo dolo as far as building this book and this brand. And so this is awesome for me. You know, indie authors are important. Indie author day is October 13th. Breast Cancer Awareness Month is all month long. So guys, hug a breast cancer um, survivor, right? And I also want you guys to go out and encourage your friends and your family members to get their mammogram. If someone is diagnosed with breast cancer, don't be like, oh, poor boo-boo, how can we work together to heal? Let me be by your side. Let me take you to the doctor. Do you need a chemo bag? Do you need, what is it that I can do for you? Because in leadership, it is all about being a servant. It's all about taking care of the people that are your clients. You know, so this is going to be so awesome uh, for me. Um, uh, it really is, you know, an uh, opportunity to, to celebrate on breast cancer survivor uh, survivors um, to give you some tips. You know, uh, you know, I think that's something that I can encourage and empower y'all to do um, is let's be a, let's be a hero in our own way so guys thank you so much for listening again my name is tamara brown i am an author blogger website designer as well as a publishing hey 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 everyone it's me tamara brown who am i i am an author blogger website designer as well as a publishing consultant and the host of blog diaries broke lonely angry and horny turning your mess into a masterpiece so guys, I want to talk a little bit about heartbreak and forgiveness, right? So, and before I get into that, I, I want to first tell you that in like 12 days, well, less than 12 days, uh, 10 days, Blah Diaries will be out, the novel, yay, um, I'm so excited, um, now I'm coming out with the big leagues. And I noticed like some of my favorite authors are being released, are releasing in the next couple of days or have released their books. Uh, T-Styles War is coming out. So it's kind of dope to not be in competition, but be in alignment with her. Um, Ashley Antoinette is coming out. A few other great authors are coming out. And, you know, sometimes people feel intimidated by that when I feel encouraged and empowered because so many times... Um, we don't have the opportunity to celebrate with our sisters. See, this thing in business and life is to uplift and empower. 
See, we can't get ahead if we are not realizing people great strengths. And don't get me wrong, people have weaknesses. But in a business such as the literary world, we have to uplift each other. You know, here's the thing. Somebody can buy your book and their book and then some other books. Because I love books, right? I love to read. So, with that being said, I want to, you know, just shout out my sister, um, fellow writer sisters, and say, I want you to win. I know you guys are going to tear that book chart up. But anyway, back to that. Um, I wanted to talk about heartbreak and forgiveness because they go kind of hand in hand. I was talking to a friend a while ago about heartbreak and I was sharing stories of all of my heartbreaks and my disappointments in people. And I said, you know, so many people have broken my heart and I too have broken some hearts. And my friend said, you know what, I appreciate you saying that because a lot of people are afraid to admit that. So often, we want the people who have broken our heart to have the courage to fix it. Like, you broke my heart, fix it. And we give them the responsibility to not only break it sometimes, but repair it in the process. And a person that has broken your heart really don't know how to do that. Because you ever have somebody, you know, let's just say cheated on you, and then they say, I'm sorry. And that's not enough. They buy you gifts and, and flowers and they tell you how beautiful and smart you are, but it's still not enough. Um, that doesn't repair your heart. So you have to understand that sometimes the repair comes from you. All of the time it comes from you. It doesn't come from your loved ones or the man you loved or your ex. It comes from you. It comes from you being brave enough to allow people to fix what ails you. Um, because if you're waiting for the person to break your heart to be like, listen, I'm going to fix that. You're, because here's the thing, you won't allow them. See, when you're heartbroken, you have to forgive. And not forget, but you have to forgive and you have to come to terms with that bad behavior. And that takes time. That's not instant gratification. That's not over the night. Like last night, he cheated on me, and then you're going to wake up and be like, all right, boo-boo, it's okay. It's all right. You're not going to say that. You're going to be pissed off for days, for months, for years, until you allow yourself to forgive that person, where you could just look at them and not want to be like, you know what? I still feel this sharp pain. Um, I still feel this hurt from your betrayal. So heartbreak you cannot ask somebody to heal your heart and you're not willing to be healed you can't ask somebody to fix it and you're not willing to forgive because that's a process and so i hear so many people saying well it you know i just forget no it takes time and you gotta allow yourself to heal you gotta allow yourself to deal with the pain face the pain you know, let it come at you a little bit and let you say, write some pros and cons about it. Um, this is the pros. What did I do? What did he do? Why did he do that? Um, the guy, um, if y'all ever seen Chocolate Factory, uh, Chocolate City, Chocolate Factory, Chocolate City, um, there's a male stripper. Yeah, I'm talking about male strippers. Uh, his name is um, 
Boa, right? That boy, guys, he got a body there. Okay, so let me get back on point. He said on his Instagram post that you can give a man all the sex you want, but men don't stay until they're well-loved and well-kept. And so I read the post about three times, and I said, well, what about those men that are well-loved? See, the thing is, is that every man and woman has a different definition of love. And so people were kind of going in on him. I mean, they was they was going hard on poor boy. I was like, dang, y'all ain't got to be that angry. But they were going hard on him and saying, well, what about men who are well-loved? But see, every man, it, it, it hit me that every man and every woman has a different definition of what love is. What it is to be well-kept and well-loved. It may not be the same standards. And most times men are looking for women who are in alignment with him. There's something that has made them in alignment and connected to say, hey, we are connected and we are one. And for, for you know, his name is Michael um his name is Michael, but he, like I said, just think about Chocolate City, uh, one and two, baby, one and two. Yes, I looked at both. I'm not ashamed. So anyway, <laughs> he he said that. And so do you understand the definition of love? Do you understand the defin- definition of heartbreak? Some women forgive cheaters or people who have hurt them. Because they have been trained to do that. My cousin and I used to, my cousin Angie and I used to make this joke about being milky A and milky T. Okay, I do it. And we were milk duds, right? That meant that we accepted whatever they said. Like, oh, he cheated. Oh, he didn't come over. Oh, he didn't do this. And we accepted it. See, because even though we've been heartbroken, the thing about heartbreak is every time somebody does something wrong to you, you put up some points. They may not be on that paper, but they in the back of your head. And when it's over, it's over. So when those points are stored up, sometimes we don't address it. The heartbreak, we just let it go. Sometimes we do address it. Sometimes we do address it in the right and the wrong way. Some people curse you out. Some people deck you in the eye. Whatever the case may be. People have to get to the place of forgiveness because heartbreak for some people lasts forever in a day. People die with heartbreak of past relationships, past friendships, past parent issues with your parents because we, I can't, I won't. And that may be the devastating point of your life. So you have to. You have to check yourself a little bit and say, I'm asking this person to fix it, but am I willing and allowing them to come in and repair me? Because if you're not willing to, willing to allow them to repair you, then step back. Step back and deal with the grief, deal with the anger, deal with the because sorry will never be enough. I apologize will never be enough. And when I was writing um, blog diaries, the husband on many of occasions came in and apologized to Zenobia and said, listen, I apologize for hurting you. I apologize. Let's just, you know, let's nip this in the bud. 
You know, I want to be your friend. I'm wrong, right? He admitted it's wrong years and years later. And she had 16 years of hurt to get over. And she, and that's, and she couldn't forgive him at that instant moment. It, she couldn't, it, she was trying, but she couldn't because that hurt was like stained on her heart. It's like, you know, you ever get some, some blood on your, your clothes or you get some wine or you get some chocolate or whatever that's stained. And it takes time to wash and remove those stains. So over time, after washing and washing and washing, the stain fades and fades and fades until it's actually gone. But even when it's gone, it is a faint little spot that reminds you that this is where the stain was. Because when that stain goes from being big to little, it never went away. It's just smaller. And, you'll, and because of habit... And because of seeing that stain so much, it is stuck there in your mind and in your vision that, listen, this has been there for a minute. Real tall, this is there for a minute. Um, this ain't going nowhere. So there's no way that you can erase that. No way that you can erase that stain until you allow yourself to forget. And not even forget, but to forgive it. When that guy or your friend or people hurt you, you have to fix that for you because so many people are walking around. And I'm telling you from what I know, I used to walk around with so much massive stains on my, on my, and you could see it, not on my clothes, but physically on me, you can see the stains. You can see the bitterness. You can see the broken. You can see the lonely. You can see the angry. You can see the horny because here I am. I felt like, well, I did something right. I, I was right for that person. And, and I, I was good to that person. And it can damage you. That's why I've prepared myself. And I tell people, I've learned that people are temporary. People are temporary. We want people to be forever. But even in our lives, we're not here forever in a day. We are temporary. So if I am temporary and you are temporary, what makes you think that you're 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 guaranteed to stay in my my life for a long term? I'm already prepared to let people walk away. I prepare myself, and I'm not saying that's that's you know what you should do, but for me, I prepare myself to walk away. I prepare myself to say this is not where I want to be. Right? I want to make sure that. Forever in a day that I'm protected. Forever in a day that Tamara is not going to be walking around here depressed. So when I look at people, I'm already mentally preparing myself to know that they could possibly say, listen, we ain't cool like that no more. And I'm also in the place of preparing myself to forgive them and say, listen, let's push it. Let's keep it pushing, cousin. Because I am love. I am life. I am light. So, guys, I want to thank you so much for listening. Oh, I want to talk about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So, listen, guys. As a breast cancer survivor, I was diagnosed at the age of 33. 33. I was young. I was a mother of six children. I had got into a relationship that I was happy with. My life seemed to be going okay. But then all hell broke loose. 
my son and it was in the summer that diagnosed was diagnosed with um, nephrotic syndrome which is a rare kidney disease and breast cancer rocked me I did not discover the love somebody that I love um, Lloyd was the one that said hey listen you got you need to get that shit looked at because I can feel it you need to get you y'all you got something wrong with your breasts you one of your breasts and I just said yeah and I felt it I did um I didn't want to deal with it. It was small, but I felt it. Um, went and he one day came up to my job and said, I don't care what's going on. Um, you, If you're not here, then who's going to take care of your kids? You are the most valuable person in the room. And so I um, went and did, went and got an examination and was diagnosed. Um, had a mammogram. Um, they did a biopsy and said, yeah. You have breast cancer. Um, I was stage two, stage one, and I think I was in the early, I was pushing towards stage two. At the time, I realized this, how important and valuable it is to take care of yourself. Um, I'm learning to get back into that, and I have to get back into being the most valuable person in the room. So I'm saying this to say to each of you ladies, you are the most valuable person in your life. You are valuable to your friends, to your family, and, and, and the man or woman you love. You are valuable. So today, on today, you're afraid to go and get that breast, your breast checked out because at 40, it's scary. At 30, it's petrifying. At 20, it's petrifying. If you have a family history of breast cancer, whether you're, if it was your mother, and on your maternal side, they cannot deny you the access to get an early test of a, get your mammogram early. So I'm going to say that again to you guys. If you have a family members like your mother, your sister, that is on your maternal side that had breast cancer, if it was on both sides of the family, they cannot deny you a mammogram. If you do not have insurance, there are programs that will cover because it's considered preventative. And you're 40 and over. Run and get that screening in. Not just for October. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but every month that is available, you can get a free screening if you don't have medical insurance. Take care of your take care of your tatas. Love your tatas. But seriously, on real, real talk. You are the most valuable person in this in this in in your life. You not and you have to take care of yourself. And I'm saying that to y'all guys because I'm say I had to say it to myself. Sometimes you got to slow down. Sometimes you got to lay down. And I love working, right? I love writing. I love creating. I, I want to be on the New York Times bestsellers list, but it's nothing so sad. But to be on the New York Times bestsellers list and not be able to enjoy, enjoy it. Um. We got to enjoy our lives. You know, um, someone, I have a friend that's writing a book. She said something that was very valuable to me yesterday. She said that she is, um, and I, I can't think of what how she said it, but I said to her that the worst thing that we, if we tell people you're going to die from cancer, or you're going to die from diabetes, or you're going to die, it's the inevitable anyway. When folks hear they're going to die, they're like, oh, it's in there, it's the inevitable. I'm going to die. So, 
But if you tell people that how do you want to feel when you're living? How do you want your body to feel? Do you want to be achy and sore and in pain? Or do you want to have the freedom to sit up straight without saying, ouch? Do you want the freedom and struggle of saying, I got up and took care of myself today. I got my vitamins today. I went and took my mammogram today. And I'm just saying, deal with it now. Real talk. Take, You know, I don't want to lose my job. You'll get another job. I don't want, just do it. Go with your homies. You know, go with your homies. Hey, hey, we all scheduling our mammograms on the same day. We getting on the pink bus. If you have a pink bus in your community. And we going to get our tatas checked. We going to shake. And we're going to let them do whatever they got to do. Um, and we're going we're gonna to make sure that we're all right. Because we got a cruise to go on. We got, we got millions of dollars to make. We got dreams to fulfill. We got anything that is valuable to me. We have to do it. So it's time. It's time that you take care of yourself. Love your family. Love your friends. Love your boo-boos. But if you don't love you. Believe me, the worst thing is telling you just sitting in the coffin. My grandmother died from breast cancer, and it was an aggressive form. She got it treated, and it came back. And the saddest thing is for someone to lose their smile because of cancer, not because they lost their teeth, but because they are so broken and depressed about this disease that has taken over their body. So, and I know because I was broke, lonely, and angry. I really was angry. Angry at cancer, anger, angry at God, angry at my life. Um, so I'm telling you guys to love yourself so much that no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, if you got to take the day off and your boss say, I'm going to write you up, take that write up. Take that for the team. I'm going to take this write up because I'm important. I am the most valuable person in this room. And for every job lost, you can replace. For every opportunity missed, you can get another one when it comes to your health. You are valuable. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. My name is Tamara Brown. Who am I? I am an author, blogger, website designer, as well as a publishing consultant and the host of Blog Diaries. Broke, lonely, angry, and horny, turning your mess into a masterpiece. And, guys, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.